Vegeta isn't coming back this time. Alright, he killed me. Now he's a Super Saiyan. All because of my help. My agent is gonna sue! So if a Super Saiyan's hair never grows, that means Nappa was born bald? That's so repulsive. I'm gonna stay steady with Vegeta. Oh great, the guy Gohan didn't dodge his back! I have no money though, so I don't care what he wants in damages. I could even sue him for killing me! Except I'm alive again. Shut up, Nail! Mr. Piccolo, do you have to keep reminding me? Right now I'm trying to work through the paradoxical outcome of someone who wasn't on the planet subject to a wish and also wasn't conducting an operation officially sanctioned by the instigator of that wish could have somehow affected its parameter anyway. That stupid dragon messing up my paperwork! Here I had this guy going to hell and now he just pops right out again! I even saw him going past my desk of mahogany. But he's alive, so I couldn't stop him! It really wasn't nice to saddle me with a name like Android thir uh, 18, now was it? Now that I think about it, I could just pick some other name and never get weird looks again. Oh, here's some bald guy yakking about crap. If he gets in my way, I'll grind his head to nothing. How did you ever become my wife? I have no idea, but I'm loving it! Oh no, honey! Don't hold my head under the water again! It's too much! I don't have any more money after Nappa just made me go into court for stealing his luck! <laughs> but I wanted to eat the eat that whale I caught for breakfast. Why did I have to go to court? I'll sign anything to get out. Oh no, what did I do? Ah! Backing order! Backing order? My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Three, two, one! RPGs from the 1980s right up through yesteryear. Brought to you by the staff of RPGamer.com, we tackle the good, the bad, and the ugly games from nearly 30 years of RPG history. So sit down and hold on tight. Your next adventure is about to begin. Here are the hosts of RPG Backtrack, Phil Willis and Mike Meeky. And welcome to RPG Backtrack number 88, Go to Heveel. Heveel? Wait a minute, you all making fun of my name with this title, Minky? Uh, no, Heveel? that is a reference Heveel? to when this show was first brought across the ocean, there are characters who have hell written on their shirts, and the censors at Ocean Group, in their wonderful wisdom, scratched out a couple of the parts of the letters in hell so that it reads H-F-I-L, however that's pronounced. I'm your co-host, Phil Willison. That is my good partner, Mr. Mike Minky. Yep, I'm back this time. Because if, if I wasn't here, would we talk about Dragon Ball stuff? Apparently not me, because, <laughs> yeah. How many episodes did you say you, you've seen? Uh, yeah, let's go into my credentials. Uh -huh. There are 508 
episodes of Dragon Ball Z and GT, and I bought all of them on VHS, subtitled in Japanese, along with the 17 movies and the three TV specials, and I don't even want to remember how much that cost, because these people usually charge by the episode number, and because, yeah, that added up to, what, 200 tapes or something like that? Uh, they... I do not have that anymore, because 200 VHS tapes requires a hell of a lot of room! You weren't even counting the cost of the shelves you would need. I was not, sadly. Uh, until I realized, you know what, there's this whole shelf in my room, taken up by VHS, and there's all this VHS piled up behind my TV. What if I got rid of it? Suddenly I'd have so much room! (laughs) So how... Did you get rid of all 200 and some odd VHS tapes? Um, eBay. Whoa. And I got, I did not get back anything even close to what I paid. Oh. Them being VHS tapes and all. Yeah, and listing them three, whatever it was, three, four years ago, long after DVD took over, and people look at VHS copies mostly made in, uh, a couple of them were made in long play mode, which makes them look even better now. <laughs> oh boy! And uh, that was a uh, voice. The box weighed. The box weighed almost the limit that the postal service will ship. I was lucky. Oh my goodness gracious! So, um... oh, yes, that voice. Anyways, that was the voice. Yeah, the other voice <laughs> you heard there for a second was Scott Wackamacher. And Sam Marshmallow. Yo. Y'all ready to talk about some Dragon Ball Z? No, but I'll try. <laughs> there is no ready. I certainly there's, hope there's so. There is no ready, it's, just well, as there is no dodging. You know, you know, there, there's we haven't had our adequate, you know, 13 episode training arc or, you know, the three episodes to charge up. Right, we certainly haven't done any trash talking yet. And uh, clearly Phil, being our designated sideline character, has not gasped nearly enough. And and or has had its pwn count. Uh, We all know Phil would be Krillin, right? (laughs) No, no, Phil is... is But Phil's got his hair. Oh, oh, Phil's Chaozu. Does Uh, that mean that Nappa's going to try and catch him in a Pokesphere? Yes. Pokeball? So, in case you haven't guessed it, everybody, we're going to be talking about a number of Dragon Ball Z RPGs today, and uh, we'll do a little blast from the recent past and uh, talk about some other retro gaming news. All of that and much more in today's RPG Backtrack, so hold on tight. We'll be back after this short break.
returned, and we're gonna start off with uh, with the Dragon Ball Z game that's on this list that is was not originally in English, but from what I understand, it just might be today. <laughs> we're yes, talking if about you visit eBay. We're talking well, about what? Dragon Ball Z: Legend of the Super Saiyan. Is that what? Is that that's the Southern Super Saiyan? But there's probably like a real Super Japanese Saiyan. way. Yeah, probably a Japanese way of saying that. Uh, this was uh, developed by Tosei Software Company, published by Bandai, released in Japan only according to Wiki on January 25th, 1992. This is an RPG card battle Dragon Ball Z themed game for your Super Nintendo Entertainment, well, Super Famicom, really, uh, entertainment system. But I'm looking here on eBay here, and even though it was my understanding this never came to the States, you know, I see this this Super Nintendo box with the Dragon Ball Z Super Saiyan. It's all in English. It's got a description on the back in English. I mean, this, this came out in the States, Minky. Yes, just like Seiken Densetsu 3 came out in this, across the ocean and Terranigma came out here as opposed to everywhere else. It, I mean, if you go to eBay and you look at these reproduction boxes, you'll be very impressed, but they are lying to you. These games did not come out in North America. Well, now that confuses me a little bit, Mr. Mike. I mean, I sense some sarcasm in your voice as if these, you know, are somehow, I mean, not true, but I'm looking at them. The pictures can't lie, can they? They can underestimate the input that someone with great graphics know-how, graphics know-how, let's, let's take any adjectives away from that, and the dedication to print that graphics know-how might just exhibit. Well, this is, uh, this is interesting. So yeah, so apparently somebody has gone out of their way to create these, uh, mock-up box covers to make it look like that this game, uh, is in English. And they've gone so far as to show screenshots of the game, uh, with English text, but that's simply not the case, right, Mike? Well, if you, Recreate a Super Nintendo cartridge and stitch somebody's translated ROM in there. Yes, you can do it. Oh, it's thoroughly illegal, but nobody cares anymore. <laughs> oh, is that what they did? They stud. They just did the translated ROM and stuck it on. Oh, that's. But hey, you don't even need that. The original box for this game, which I did own, has some English on it, like the words "Burning Blood." Oh, jeez. Oh, my With several goodness. exclamation points, because burning blood is not worth just one exclamation point. No, never. So, <laughs> and, if, and there is no burning blood in the game. Of course not. <laughs> so, why don't you tell us a, a bit about this game, Mr. Minky? Okay, I first played this, oh, Jesus, was about 12 years ago now. I bought the cartridge, stuck it in, and this is very helpful. The game is extremely plot-light. I'm talking maybe 0.1% of the time of the you're playing this game will be plot the rest of it is fighting and the fighting yes it's technically card combat but i have to throw out some provisos here you can have one or up to five people use a card each turn those cards are randomly generated with a variety of symbols and strength ratings from which determine their attack defensive value and um, occasionally whether you can use a key attack and the combat animations are really pretty decent for 1992, but you're going to be seeing them a whole lot because everybody goes through a little punch-and-kick mantra 
with each attack you do. And just very true to the show, power levels are important because with each level you gain, your power level goes up. And you need to have everybody at their maximum level for the, the final battle, even though that takes a good 150 or so fights probably to get it from level 47 to 48. Because if you don't, then Frieza will utterly destroy you. And really, if you've seen Dragon Ball, if you know anything about it, you know exactly what's happening, except for the fact that only Piccolo needs to die. And if he did, if nobody else dies, that's actually really helpful for Namek, because otherwise Gohan and Krillin are stuck on their own. And the only way it differs at all, really, is the fact that apparently Dodoria and Zarbon and all of the Ginyus have clones of themselves that run around for you to get into random fights with. And that... Uh, if Goku turns Super Saiyan for the final battle with Frieza, then Vegeta will learn how to turn Super Saiyan also, and he will be the, a secret final boss. That's the only way it really changes from the storyline. And that yeah, it does, of course. I'm sure that was probably in an OAV or one of the movies. <laughs> Shows or in one of, one of these guys. new movies. There apparently are new Dragon Ball movies coming out now. Yeah. Because um, we all needed to know how Bardock lived and went back in time. Yeah, that doesn't break with continuity at all. Makes perfect sense. Continuity in a Dragon Ball Z movie? Come on. I'm I'm using the word loosely. I must give credit where credit is due. Whoever composed this game's music came up with one battle theme. You're going to hear it in every fight. Every fight. Except for the final fight against Frieza, when you hear something different. But then if you get the secret fight with Vegeta, you go back to the regular battle theme that you've heard ten, a thousand times by now. That's some real dedication to the job right there. And... Yes, I also played this in ROM form. Somebody did a half-assed translation, which cuts out right around the time Piccolo is revived, so that you get nonsensical characters showing up again because why would you ever want to finish what you start well, and I'm sure sat, I think this fellow sat down and realized that he was <laughs> translating a Super Nintendo Dragon Ball Z game that no one likes oh there's one other way it differs I forgot Piccolo confused with a couple of other Namekians after he fuses with Nail and then he becomes even stronger. So if you like Piccolo, then that's cool. Um, maybe then, maybe then his head will get good apps. <laughs> Shut up, Nail. Um, oh no, you can totally play Minesweeper uh, competitively. I'll go first, and you see if you can beat my time. Oh, I didn't even know we could do that. Okay, there's really not a whole lot else to say about this except that I wasted far more hours than you would ever expect based on quality because I was just that into Dragon Ball at the time. Hmm. Okay. And, I, and I beat it twice. And again, 95% of this game is just grinding. You get to Namek, go grind. You, you beat Kiwi, you beat... Kui, Kiwi, whatever the whatever the hell we're calling the purple dude Vegeta kills. Kui. 
Quee! There we go. Yes, Quee. I got my ass kicked. <laughs> I'll have you know, Vegeta. My species is asexual. It was the was the gameplay actually fun? You know, for a while it is, and there's an, there are a lot of things you can do with the cards. You you have items that can alter them and make them attack everything, and it's a fairly interesting system, and it's pretty intuitive. You don't need to read Japanese in order to figure out what you're doing. Again, there's very little reading to do, but it can it sustain the sheer amount of grinding you're going to do? No. It's all about the grinding. Um, okay. So... I will give brief mention to a couple of others on Super Famicom that I did not play. Those would be the Super Gokuden games. One up to when Goku stops being a kid and the other up to the end of Frieza. And I guess these are technically RPGs from all I've been able to learn about them. But they recreate the show exactly. You get into a fight, you need to do pretty much exactly what happened in the show in that fight, and then you get a set strong strength upgrade, and that's exactly how they go. No, no breaking off the path, no deviation at all. So remember how they did it in the show, and you'll you can do it too with Super Famicom graphics. <laughs> well, it's all about those high-end Super Famicom graphics. Well, I, I think, you know, I think Toriyama, you know, has proven that his work adapts well to 16-bit. I, I did play a couple of the 16-bit fighting games, too. Uh, the one on Genesis, I played that. Oh, I'm sorry, Mega Drive. And I was actually able to win, which is not an everyday thing with a fighting game for me. Mostly because it's really floaty and people fall down really slowly and you can't really do combos. And there's Hyper Dimension, which is incredibly expensive now, and it's pretty much a Street Fighter ripoff, but there are worse things to rip off, honestly. There we go. That's all the that's all the Japanese Dragon Ball Z games I have experience with. Alright, well, uh, uh, we're going to take a teensy-weensy break. I know it was a little fast, but we're going to take a moment, let you listen to some more Dragon B uh, music, Dragon Ball Z music, and we'll be right back. Tell me. See, that. nobody answers my text, so I have to stop. Did, did you all want to talk about the trilogy? Do you want to introduce it all at once, or do we need to go through each game individually? I have no idea. I've never played these. Let's go through them all at once. Just give me the rundown, and I'll go through them fairly quickly. Okay. Tell me we're not using actual Dragon Ball Z music and using nothing but <laughs> ghost, like, Nappa singing. You know, that would depend on what links you guys send me, and if you don't send me links, then I just search on YouTube and pick whatever has the most tits. Going to Team <laughs> Four Star now. <laughs> yeah, get the, uh, get, the, get the make a man out of you one. Well, Cassandra. That one and uh, go, na- Ghost Nappa. Surely smack him. Can, can you guys um, just also make sure that you, you're nice and you credit Team Four Star? <laughs> oh, we will. We will, yes. But yes, of course, do it that way, because it's the only way people are going to listen to this episode and go, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, what are they called again? Team, uh, Team Four Star. Star. I'm looking, don't worry. Like, Somehow, uh... Like, I could start man. this section off by saying, hope you enjoyed oh. this music by Team Four Star. Is that what it's called? Like, what I typed in there? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, Gohan, uh, 
make a man First. out of you. Be a man. this again no no internet issues so far so maybe the hard reboot was the was the key there um wish i'd figure that out like a long time ago i even unplugged it plugged it back in did all the other normal steps the the last step is there's a little tiny reset button in the back of those things and apparently uh, apparently that does something that apparently taking the thing out of the wall for a minute doesn't do uh okay so we're gonna start recording again yay we're gonna do uh, the trilogy. The three, yes, the three and, uh, do GBA ones. The ends or whatever after another break. Okay. Uh, hold on one second. So I hope you enjoyed that uh, musical selection brought by Team Four Star. And we're going to continue with our Dragon Ball Z RPG discussion, moving on to the Game Boy Advance trilogy. Uh, this is Dragon Ball Z, the Legacy of Goku, the Legacy of Goku 2, and last but not, maybe maybe not least, I don't know, Boo's Fury. These uh, these were developed by Webfoot Technologies, published by Atari and Infograms, uh, Grames, Grames, Games, I don't know. Uh, this was released on the Game Boy Advance between uh, 2002 and 2004. Uh, these are single-player, multiplayer action RPG experiences. And I'm going to hand the floor over to people who know a hell of a lot more about drug policy than I do. So you guys go ahead and take it away. Up to me again, I think. All right, let's go with Legacy of Goku. This is a terrible game. Everyone acknowledges that this is a terrible game. Um, we can discuss. I can mention that it's a terrible adaptation of the show because even at the beginning of Dragon Ball Z, Goku was capable of probably blowing up whole cities and you know, flying around the world, beating up the incarnation of the devil incarnate who was trying to conquer the human race. And in this game, uh, if a wolf gets on top of him, he dies. So, so a I would call disconnect. <laughs> just a little. And if you know nothing about Dragon Ball Z and try to play this game, you will be constantly mystified because it focuses on Goku during a portion of the show where Goku was out of the arena a lot. And that means everything that happens with him off screen, you don't hear about. And even the stuff that does happen with him on screen makes no sense. But even that, even with how short it is, I think I finished it in about five hours. It's filled with filler. Like somebody has lost, somebody has lost a cat. You get to take that cat home. Truly, this is a heroic enterprise. Yeah. Kitties. They need saving. <laughs> and you get to find somebody's lost magazines. Those are important. People need to 
Tell me, tell me it was Master Roshi's porn. Actually, it was some random person. See, that's where the game fails. Exactly. Right there. <laughs> and then there we have it as an actual game, where it is a piece of crap. Um, you can't really hit anything without being hit back, and you have no recovery time, so you can die in less than a second. Even when you're at top level, when you think Goku would just be able to destroy everything his path. Nope. You get some random Frieza minion on Namek, it'll kill you. But you can save on every screen, and you get restored to full health when you re reload the save. So you can just use that as an exploit. Slowly kill things, exploiting the stupid, stupid AI, and eventually you'll win. Because none of the enemies have projectile attacks, except Vegeta and Frieza. And then you just kind of have to dodge them at, because they're really stupid too. And then you win! Yay. Oh, and you can't move diagonally either. Because four-way movement in an action RPG is so much fun, isn't it? Oh, God, yes. Especially in, when the characters are known never to move diagonally ever. Or have exactly. a dead axis, ever. Um, let's see, what can I... Oh, yes. Goku's death scream, you'll hear it a lot. And... It's not the most terrible death scream you'll ever hear, but it sounds nothing like anybody who has ever voiced Goku. So you'll wonder where the hell it came from. And this game looks not good. Frankly, it looks like somebody didn't bother to learn what the Game Boy Advance was capable of. And there, I... Oh, yes, and the lovely... You think you can go behind something, but the view is confused you so that you're actually blocked and you get killed from it. Yeah. I have nothing positive to say about this except that you can easily exploit the save glitch to beat it. Uh, I didn't get half of it. I've got it all. Hmm. So then we come to the Legacy of Goku 2. And I will admit, this is an improvement. It's it's easy to improve on crap. This is just less smelly crap, though. <laughs> Let's see here. Hey, do you like it when even if you're having no problem with the game, you have to grind? Because there are doors that you can't get through until you're at a certain level? Oh god, I love doors that don't open for me in games. They are my favorite thing. I love Little Lamplight. Everyone so does! And don't you just love portable games that make you run back to save points? Why Why ever would you ever want to get rid of save points? They are a natural part of the JRPG experience. They are Which is even more interesting because this was not developed in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> um... Let's see. And yeah, we have more lovely fidelity to source material, like Super Saiyan Vegeta gets killed by an alligator. Well, yeah. Alligators. They're, they're their tough. power level is like, you know, 10 billion. Yeah, those South Pacific alligators or crocodiles, whatever they are, they don't talk, so it's hard to tell exactly what they are with GBA graphics. You get in the wrong place, that alligator will bite you to death. Um, 
let's see, you play as Piccolo, Gohan, Trunks, Vegeta, and finally Goku. You know, the guy whose name is in the title, you play him last. Go figure. And you have to level all of them separately. And there's a secret character, Mr. Satan. That is his name, Mr. Satan. He does not have any other names because if his name is Mr. Satan, then he lives in Satan City. And he is your secret character, but you can only get him if you go through a whole bunch of crap that I didn't go through. Tell me tell me his super secret move is he just hands you dynamite. <laughs> well, since I didn't actually play him, I just know he's in there. I I would have Someone to go. Someone in the comments. <laughs> tell me. Scott needs to know. I must know. Um let's see. It's it's harder than the first one, mostly because you have to go back to save points and can't exploit the silly glitch that lets you heal every time you've just been killed. But, oh yeah, Super Saiyan status. How does this game treat that? It makes you pause for a second when you can be hit out of it, and it just makes you blow through all your key in a couple of seconds and is pretty much worthless. It, Super Saiyan does nothing. Awesome. And you can beat it in less than 10 hours, which I did, and I promptly unloaded it on eBay and will never think of it again, except for moments like this. So oh, and a there's game a that you should dodge? Still Mr. Piccolo! Dodge! <laughs> yep. Did, did you get over 9,000 for your eBay sendings? Sadly 9,000 pennies? <laughs> yep, I, I have 9, gotten... Over 9,000 pennies on eBay. Okay, good to know. That it was an entire waste. Oh, I should mention one other thing. To keep you from getting enemies in a corner and just hitting them over and over, you can't do that. They will magically pop up behind you, which means that you have to keep on your toes or else they'll start hitting you back into the corner, which is just a great programming idea, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um... I like the sound, the the music that was done for the dub of Dragon Ball Z here, so I don't mind that that was used for the music in this game. Well, it's weird, because when they re-edited it all with the HD remaster, they did new music that was more like the American music. At least for Z. I think GT and uh, Original Flavor kept the original score or something similar. Go figure, Funimation. Consistency? What's that? Alright, then there's number three. Boo's Fury. I don't know why it's not Legacy of Goku 3, because he's in this game more than he was the last, but whatever. So you know, now that he's in it, it can't be his legacy, because he's actually doing stuff. Maybe because he's dead at the beginning, but when has that ever stopped anybody in Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> um, I will give this one a minor recommendation. If you must play one on the GBA, this is the one to play. It's easier than the others. You get equipment. Yeah, equipment, an RPG, go figure, that can help you enormously. You get tons and tons of items dropped that will replenish your health so that you shouldn't get trapped by stupid crap. And enemies can stay in the corner while you beat them senseless and will not magically pop up behind you anymore. Um, 
there's still random filler crap. There's a whole infiltrate the pirate base in the sky arc that I don't remember from any rendition of the show. But really, if you want to play one of them, this is the one to play. It's nothing great. And it makes the odd move of starting you. Your starting level is about 52. And yet you have the weakest level 52 stats I've ever seen. So that you can level up to level 150 or more if you want to. But again, this is this is tepid praise. But I'm going to give it to this one. This is decidedly better than the first two. And we have no idea what Boo sounds like from Team Four Star. They won't get there for a long time. I, I think they may have already decided who's playing him, though. Oh, yeah, it's Kaiser. Well, that Kaiser's mean... probably going to do a different voice for that. Yeah. <clears throat> we don't even know what Cell will sound like yet. Uh, it's a Takahata. So, probably closer to his... But... Yeah. We'll find out. Yeah. Oh, and this also has the the fun thing from the last game of <clears throat> what? You can't get through the door yet? Well, that's because there's a number over it and you have to be that level before you can get through the door. Fun times. So, I'm I could talk more about this one. It but it sounds like these GBA games are just not worth playing <laughs> to be honest yeah if you want to play one boost fury is the one i would recommend but even that is a really tepid recommendation like well here's the here's the it's horrid called, if you have nothing better with your life play this which apparently i didn't last spring cuz i did play them yeah you played all of them <clears> and then we all kind of looked at you funny which is Only nothing you. it's nothing new but it's one of those like really sweepy really this was the best thing you had for summer, cool. <laughs> I tease lovingly. What can I say? So, how's about that? Yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> let's move on to the one that's actually pretty decent. Can we move to the good game? The one that I can talk about and that Scott can talk about too? Because, you know, stuff. Stuff and things. things stuff and things. Things and stuff. I want to talk oh, about. Right you want to talk about Dragon Ball Z Attack of the Doohickeys? Attack of the Boobies. Except it Attack isn't really because there are no women in that game. I know. I think the closest <laughs> thing I get is maybe Bulma and Chi Chi. We all know how exciting they are. Well, Bulma does do the puff puff. Chi Chi. Even Goku said that she was flat. I I saw that. It's in. The official translation. Yep. He's just like, she's boring. Dragon Ball Z Attack of the Saiyans. Published in North America by Namco Bandai. This was uh, released on November 10th, 2009. A single player Nintendo DS game. And... Developed uh, by Monolith Soft. Yeah, Monolith Soft. All right. They make good battle systems, right? Well, they must. I mean, it has the Dragon Ball Z name on it. It must be good. Yeah, God knows there's so much quality associated with Dragon Ball Z. 
Yeah, it's not like they uh, emphasize, uh, you know, quantity over quality. Hello. I was thinking of monoliths off myself, but okay, guys. Whatevs. You know, we got only, what, the greatest game ever known as Super Robot Tyson Eternal Boobies from him, but, you know, whatever. Eternal Boobies. I know that's not the right title. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was Endless Boobies. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Endless Boobies. Sorry. <laughs> I don't even know the game anymore. And we have it in the basement somewhere. This is depressing me, Scott. Why don't I remember this game? I don't know. <laughs> we know it. you played it. I know I played it. <laughs> but apparently I can't remember. It's pretty bad. Anyways, Attack of the Saiyans. What, what battle system by model Have you been, taking, have you been taking illicit substances <laughs> that would cause your memory issues to surface in this fashion, Sam? Don't you start your crap. I mean that with love, but seriously, don't you start your crap. Um, so about um, Dragon Ball Z, yeah, there was over nine thousand. Vegeta, Nappa, who was shirtless and looked like a wrestler, and then stomped his arms a lot. Um, I basically pictured the voices of Team Four Star while I was playing it because, let's face it, it's Attack of the Saiyans. Everybody knows the story. It's not that interesting, and it takes like what is it like twenty episodes before they actually kill Nappa and Vegeta. And by kill, I mean defeat. No, Vegeta has to kill Nappa. Oh, that's right. And that's still depressing. Nine minutes, 18 seconds. Nine minutes, 18 seconds. Happiest moment of my life. Poor, poor Nappa. But now he's a ghost. At least we had fun getting here, right, Vegeta? 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 Remember the bug planet? (laughs) I really actually did quite enjoy this game, admittedly, probably more than I should have. But like I said, I kept my own Krillin-owned count as I was playing, because I just purposely killed Krillin a lot, just to have a laugh, because nobody likes Krillin. I started putting all my... I I started putting all my points into all of Krillin's level-up points into defense to see if maybe he would survive better. No. So, So far, no. Yeah, it really doesn't work that well. It's kind of depressing if you think about it. Krillin constantly gets owned. Yamcha, still useless. Well, Yamcha has the sense to just stop trying. (laughs) This is true. He does. Even still, it's, it's very depressing. I just don't have the patience, I guess, for him being owned every five minutes and Yamcha being like, I'm a surfer. Because that's baseball. what I associate him with. But he plays baseball. Whatevs. Nobody yeah, he's got what a he floating does. cat that talks. Oh, I'm supposed to remember that? Okay. Well, I don't, because I didn't really watch Dragon Ball Z. I, I only know. played this game because Mike asked me to. <laughs> and what do you know? You didn't have a bad time with it. Yeah, compared to Luminous Arc 2, which I still hate you for, so... Oh, I, I think there's a lot of hate owed to a few people over Luminous Arc. We love you, Sam, Barry. I, I will continue to rebut that with the very simple, you wanted it. You wanted that. I, I wanted to try it. It's my own fault. Now Explain I know yourself, better. manatees. Explain. <laughs> yeah, I, I still don't understand the manatees. But man, oh my god, is like Chaozu really, really gay? 
for Tian in this game. Like, Team Four Star got it right. <laughs> the amount of times poor Tian has had to go save Chaozu, and Chaozu being like, oh my god, I love you! It's like, wow, that's awesome. Well, he, well Thank you, you know, game. as a Pokemon, he's vulnerable to getting stolen by Team Rocket. It's just how it goes. I just, I want to hug the two of them. They are the cutest thing ever in that game. So cute. I don't like the bunny people, though. They creep me out. What's the deal with the bunny people? They live on the moon and make candy. Really? I'm pretty sure that's actually the backstory in Dragon Ball. Uh, there was a bunny capable of turning people into carrots if you pissed him off, and Goku used his, what do you call it, the power pole? That's a stupid name. He used that power pole to put him on the moon with his two minions, and the moon is made of cheese, so they just started eating it, I think. No, no, he that was the origin of the Easter Bunny for the Dragon Ball setting. Like, he, he got to come back down with candy every year. That I'm not making terrifying. this up. This is oh, Dragon right, Ball that's... lore. <laughs> I had I'm forgotten scared. that part, actually. That, this, but... that happened, like, the episode after um, the pig joined the team. Yes, the pig named after a T. Mr. Oolong. Everyone's named after food. I love Oolong. He he was adorable and really perverted. I guess that's why I like him so much. Because clearly I identify with him. Sorry, Scott. It's okay. You you can enjoy your snacking and staring at boob ways. Makes perfect sense for me. I don't know about you. So, the game itself. Let's let's give a little concrete background here. So there are these things called capsules, and if you put them in your slots, they do stuff. For example, if you put a rice cooker in, you can get monsters. And if you use a furry coat, you are protected from ice, sort of. Those are the ones I remember. <laughs> Just yeah, wasn't, you... wasn't there one you needed to use to get through poisoned areas? Yep. My favorite was Chi-Chi's Lunch, because you basically get healed. And in this game, um, you get damaged a lot, and it hurts a lot. They, they, they felt the need to do, um, to really reflect the, the bigliness of the numbers from the show. Yep. Which means, obviously, uh, the, the fact that, of course, you start out in double digits, which become meaningless as it goes on. Individual numbers are n nothing. Damn straight. Let's see. I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's a strange little game. I mean, like much like Endless Frontier, see I used its proper name, um, the game is all about monster digits. When you hit things, monster digits happen. There's no juggling action, unfortunately, which is kind of disappointing. And Scott, I know you will agree with me on that. Um, but for the most part, I mean, it's it's a fairly simplistic game, um, and not in a bad way. It's it's a fun, mindless experience where there's a lot of dodging, and dodging actually is important in this game. Funny enough, and um, one thing and you I have know, sparking I sparking attacks. 
He has sparking attacks and combo attacks. One thing I really hated about this game, though, is it's definitely a game that forces you to use a, like to use all the characters. Because <laughs> you never know when at some point um, you're going to be stuck with a character that you didn't bother to level up. Which I am not a fan of. Because I am very set in my ways. But for some people, that's really fun. So... I don't know. Well, all of them do get experience, just more, they get more if they're in the active party. Yeah, so but that, I distinctively remember a time when uh, I didn't use Gohan, and he was at, like, level 7, and everyone else was at, like, 20. And ho-ho, he had to do a boss battle by himself. So I had to go do a lot of grinding. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's not just that it switches out your party, it kicks you to single characters for little side stories frequently. Yep. And that is both good and bad. Especially in the early game, when you're like, yes, I do care about what's going on with Yamcha <laughs> and Tien. They are dynamic and engaging characters that I love from the series. Come on, we all know it was all about Krillin's plot with the baseball hat. Well, his baseball hat and... The ghost girl who wouldn't make out with him. Yep. Krillin, Krillin lives an interesting life, the poor soul. At least he finally gets some. Yes. And Miguel Sanchez. <laughs> That's terrible. I love you. But I, I didn't really commit insurance fraud. I, I didn't. But my twin brother, Miguel Sanchez. <laughs> Which they stole from the Simpsons. Yes, but McGill Sanchez didn't collect on death in outer space insurance. Yes, this is true. Guess. Were any he of had many names. Did... Now I'm trying to remember all of them. I'm trying to remember all of Lionel Hutt's names now. Damn it! I hate you guys right now. Were any of the multiple filler missions in the middle memorable at all? No. Because it's Dragon Ball filler. <laughs> you don't remember it. See, this is the thing. Is Mike will agree with me. No one actually really likes Dragon Ball Z, but we like the idea of Dragon Ball Z, looking back on it. There was a time when I really, really liked it, as evidenced by how much money and time I sank into it. But I've... I don't know if I've matured, but I've definitely aged and come to realize even in the manga, we're looking at a lot of periods where not much is happening. Snooze. And in the show itself, oh my. The show's worse for it. Well, yeah, you can't fill up 21 minutes of each episode by having riveting action all over the place. No, that, have... that would require an animation budget. It would. So let's just have still shots and reuse the same footage of people talking as much as possible and then have those boring-ass brown dirt landscapes that Dragon Ball Z is apparently rife with. Hey, th those are majestic majestic fields and steps. And, and uh, mesas. And canyons. And I'm terrified. trees. I don't like you two finishing each other's sentences. It's very eerie. No, we're. I think we're thinking of the exact same six-second loop of uh, <laughs> Krillin flying over Namek. 
Yeah. I'm very worried about where you two spend your time on the internet, just saying. Very worried. Especially you, Scott, but I'm used to that. I refuse to be worried by your worries because I know where you spend a lot of your internet time, Sam. Where? Where? Tell me where I spend my internet time. Dare you? On Etsy. Looking for owls and things that aren't steampunk. That's not me. That's my mom. (laughs) Yeah, who's helping her? Who's helping? She she makes me. I hate you guys. I'm leaving. And I would like to point out that I have behaved myself and posted no Android-related porn in the uh, Skype chat. No, but that's what you're supposed to do. (laughs) What the hell? See, the thing is, if I go looking for Dragon Ball Z hentai, it's all going to be Goku on Honey, we, we all know where it is. And Scott, I'm pretty sure if you look at a certain website that you know of, there's probably stuff that we don't even want to know about. On the other hand, let's see if there's something hilarious with Mr. Popo. <laughs> Please no Mr. Popo porn. Sorry, yes. it's happened. Gotta find it. No... Look what you okay. all did, Internet. You didn't stop him. Conclusion of the game replicates the show pretty much precisely. Yep. To the so point if you were hoping it's... to change anything, too bad. But, you know, I, I do remember, man. Maybe it was just me, but, dude, Napa was so much harder than Vegeta. He, I found, like, Napa was actually surprisingly difficult well, at with, times. Well, with Napa, you, you were stuck with all the, the B-listers. Well, no, you actually also... No, Yamcha died before he fought Yappa. Nappa. Yep. Yappa. <laughs> um, I was going to say, actually, Yappa, you're, stuck, you're stuck as Goku in the game to fight Nappa. At one point, you fight him with your party, then you fight him by himself with uh, just Goku, and then the Vegeta fight is just Goku. So, like, it's bitchy. Basically, there's, the only character... Then there's the hilarious is- side of Gohan and Krillin trying to... F- to fight transformed Vegeta. Oh yeah, because that was such a smart idea. <laughs> they are so smart, S-M-A-R-T. And I meant to spell it S-M-R-T. Go me. Oh, and apparently Raditz was making big trouble in hell for reals. Well, they didn't keep their eye on the birdie. No, no, Look, they didn't. Looks fine to me. Ijutsubivata! <laughs> I worry about your souls, you two. Just saying. So I'm going to go sit and cry and cuddle my dog and pretend I still know stuff about Dragon Ball Z, even though I don't. See, it was no, wrong. No, that's okay. I don't know episode. anything about Dragon Ball Z either. All right, Phil, we sit in the corner. With who? Okay, um, with See, each you other? Know, you know what I think this game needed? And I'm not, and I'm not kidding here. I, like, there, there's this part of my brain that has actually designed the perfect Dragon Ball Z action RPG. And and you need to do more charging in this game. Well, I like, told you it's earlier. It's a turn-based game, and I'm actually using the fight buttons on my turns, and I don't think that really captures the spirit of Dragon Ball. <laughs> well, Scott, do remember, like I told you, certain characters do have to charge to attack. I know, but it's one. only, like, for the super moves. Yeah, it is only for the super moves, but, I mean, Piccolo, you actually have to wait, I think it's almost two turns before he even launches his special attack. Now, mind you, it's a really big special attack, and usually stuff insta-dies when you use it, 
but he still has to charge. Like, it's something. I saw, I would like to point out, I totally didn't realize there was a skills section until maybe halfway through the game, and then I realized, oh, I have all these points. I guess I should put them and give other people attacks. Go me! <laughs> yeah, there, there's, like, two parallel level-up systems that aren't really... They, they don't make a point of showing you that they're related. So you'll level up, and you'll get stat points, which you'll spend right away, putting them into... You know, Krellin's defense to see if he survives. Because, you know, and that's then, the only important thing that matters. And then every fight you'll learn what what are they, like AP, some sort Attack of point. points. Attack points. And then you go into a separate menu to spend those on Which characters. you forget exists, because I know I did. Well, it, I don't yeah. even remember the game telling me there was a separate menu, but I could oh, have... Oh, no, there, there were absolutely no, tu no tutorials beyond. Uh, you have sparking attacks. Use not, them. Not what they do. Just, you have them. <laughs> I'm still not sure what triggers how I get two guys to attack at the same time. You just have to pick two attacks that could be interlinked. So, for example, um, Gohan has a rush attack. So if you link that with, let's say, um, Tien's tri-beam attack, they'll attack together. It really, It's really hit or miss. Like They don't tell you which ones do the combinations. You kind of have to just... No, they yes. don't. <laughs> they, you just have to figure out, play around with it, and see if they'll do it or not. But usually, anything with the physical attack, like the, the first physical attack you get, plus any of the super-ish moves, like the ones that you have in your menu, usually that works. Keyword usually doesn't mean always. And I don't think the game has the rock, paper, scissors attack anywhere. For no. Which is a terrible shame. It upsets you? It's the best attack in the whole series. I defy you to say otherwise. I, I wouldn't know, Sweepy. Remember? My knowledge of Dragon Ball Z? Remember? That goes back to Dragon Ball. No Z. Yeah. Oh. But they, they still kind of use it in Z, though. They just stopped calling it rock, paper, scissors. They just call it the thing where they wacky, whack the dude around over <laughs> half a mile. Which, which separates it from everything else very well. Yes. I I should say that I liked the character development system here, and that's just what I do. I like to play around with the menus and see what those points I'm getting do, so I figured it out pretty fast. And as Dragon Ball Z RPGs go, not fantasy ones, but ones that we actually have access to, this is as good as you're going to get. I think so. I mean, I've heard, actually, that some of the other DS games are okay, like the Dragon Ball Origins. I mean, I know that's not a RPG, but... Yeah, Omega was actually telling me that that was pretty fun. I mean, it just goes to show you, like, you can have fun with Dragon Ball. It's a question of just, you know, not playing all the other ones we talked about other than this one. Because <laughs> apparently even I, who doesn't even care about Dragon Ball, can enjoy a game with Dragon Ball Z characters. Isn't that and priceless? And you did! I did. I had a lot of fun. More so fun than I ever thought I would. I, I'm i kind of sad that this didn't sell enough to warrant any sequels, because we know, we know there's more Dragon Ball Z to be adapted in this format. But you know what? At the same time, if it was a chance for Monolith Soft to make a fun battle system, then so be it. Mm. 
besides, it really needed to get a. They needed to hit the point where the roster of characters would be super bloated to keep you shuffling through all of them. I mean, don't you need to do the Android Saga while juggling all what twelve quote unquote Z fighters? Yes, because Yamcha's still relevant. Yo, dude. You know what? I'm there's Yamcha. my alternate. There's my alternate Dragon Ball history where I realized that. Toriyama really dropped the ball by not having anybody who died learn the Kaioken when they were with King Kai. Well, they didn't do anything. They just hung out. No, they didn't. Watch Space Hulu. And yet... Is that what you call it? Yes, Space Hulu. So clearly Toriyama dropped the ball there, but I think that's because he wasn't intending to take the series any further, but was convinced by his publishers. I.e., they held out more money and said do this for us or we will make you feel pain. <laughs> no, no, they just bought, they just backed up another wheelbarrow and, you know, he's like, I can write, I can do full page spreads for another year. Yes. Totally. Yes. And, and you can tell that even his assistants gave up by the background work. <laughs> Majestic. Sure Majestic is good white. Wasteland. I, I love looking at blank white backgrounds, don't you? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, going for about, uh, I see a couple of copies here for about 25 30 40 bucks, And there's this one copy for 99 bucks, so it must be extra special. Yeah, don't, don't Is it signed by somebody who is on the cast? No, nope. Looks like a normal, good old copy, just like the rest of them. Okay, then that, then that's yours. If you if you are gonna get a Dragon Ball Z autograph, oh. get get Sonny straight. He's think gotten, it's think he's it's gotten really good at drawing Krillin. I think it's new in the box or something. Yeah, because that's that's super valuable. That that does, man. When you pull that shrink wrap off and you smell it for the first time, boy, you just know you're in heaven. It was worth that nine nine bucks. Of course, now it just went down to twenty buck value, but you know, at least you had the smell. That's no. Hmm. Well, speaking of new game smell, we're gonna take a little break and we're gonna talk about a game where all I walked away with was the new game smell that I really enjoyed anyways. We'll be right back. back with the blast from the recent past uh, section where we talk about some games that came out about this time a couple of years ago where 
uh, going to talk first a, a little bit about Hyperdimension Neptunia. This, uh, this was uh, developed by Idea Factory and Compile Heart, published by NIS America here in North America. Uh, this was released on February 15th, 2011. Gosh, I can't believe it's already talking about 2011 games on blast from the recent past. And this was a single player. RPG experience for your PlayStation 3, a JRPG experience, no less, of which there aren't that, that many that aren't called Atelier something. So, <laughs> I understand you dipped a little bit into this, didn't you, Sam? Yes, I actually bought the game with the pretty art book on a whim one day because... Uh, apparently I was impulsive and I didn't think things through. Well, we also thought it was going to be a real, like, game industry satire thing, and instead it was just a bunch of cute girls. I mean, I'm about to say the art book must have been really good because I'm looking at a screenshot and there's this, like, this this anime girl's rear end right in my face and she's just wearing these little tiny panties. Yeah, there there is much moe in this. (laughs) There's a lot of moe. And, And the Xbox girl who is, you know... Massively boobalicious. Yes. Holy well, I mean, because she's my lol, favorite. Xbox is huge. Well, lol, Xbox is American and therefore huge. I mean, all the characters are just satires of all the con- consoles. I was going to say condoms for a minute. I don't know why I was going to say that. Uh, the consoles. So you have Nintendo Wii, and she's she swears a lot actually she's supposed to be the family friendly console and she's a downright nasty you have sony who's just very standoffish and not very friendly and kind of full of herself and her hardware you have xbox who is also known as thunder tits and you have neptunia four processors need space yeah yeah and then you have neptunia who's just neglected and really adorable and says really, really crazy things. And waves her arms around a lot. And that's as far as I got. I tried to play the first dungeon. I didn't understand the healing system. I didn't understand a lot a lot of what the game was trying to accomplish. I totally see why Adrian gave it a 1 out of 5 on our review scale. Ouch! Um, it's, it, it, it was just too random for my tastes. Uh, and I'm already not a fan of, like, random dungeons as is. So... Wow. I just I was hoping for something really funny and to be honest like the dungeons were just so boring to slog through that I just you know the dialogue couldn't save it for me no matter how entertaining you know I had hoped the dialogue would be you know I just didn't care what was happening so I well, definitely ended up actually just to finish my wonderful story this year sure. Adrian and I decided to buy ourselves really crappy Christmas presents and I didn't actually buy him one. I just decided to send him my copy, which he proceeded to then send me a really horrible gift of Agarest War 2, which I still have not taken out of the shrink wrap. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you. Well, and, and you know, when I, 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 I said earlier that I was going to talk about a game that, you know, I only got the good smell from the shrink wrap is the only thing I remembered being good about it. And I thought it was this game, uh, but now that I'm looking at closer retrospect, I'm actually thinking of a different uh, Neptunia game. So I won't go into that. Uh, I'm sure it will come up on a future Blast from the Recent Past because I didn't but get that long Blast ago. Blast from the Recent Past because uh, we're, we're never going to talk about the yeah. console generation in the, med- in the main segments. No, and that's so, kind of sad. So, yeah. Just so you know, that's never going to happen unless you buy Mike an Xbox. 
Sheila yeah, really. could buy Mike an Xbox and send him one. <clears throat> Mike well, Xbox. Uh... Or a PS3, guys. Well, we could have a... Only Mike sometimes schedule shows that he doesn't have the consoles for. We might have an entirely air... I think the reason why we wouldn't have, like, a PlayStation 3... Too many PlayStation 3 generation discussions is because there's not really a whole lot of, you know, JRPGs and stuff on, on the system. You got, you know, the um, handful of Hyper Dimensions and some Atelier games. Um, and then I got no, Fallout no. and Jade Regions. No. Not Jade Regions, but... Yeah. No, there's actually a lot of... PS3 exclusive JRPGs because they all came out from one company, which is NIS America. <laughs> NIS America, believe it or not, um, has the most RPGs put out on the system. Well, that's like saying uh, that's um, like hold on. That yeah. Th- Think there's... about it. You have three Disgaea games. You have four Atelier games. Uh, like I said, Atelier. I mentioned hold that. Hold on. You have now three Neptune games. I mentioned those. You have Guided Fated Paradox, which is coming later this year, which is a sequel, to, well, a spiritual predecessor to ZHP. So you'll love that, Phil. You have Time and Eternity coming out. You have Last Rebellion. Let's focus um, on what's already out since we're, you know, backtracking. And, and stuff. then let's like just go on by saying, you know, then you have things like Dark Souls and Demon Souls, which was not put out by NISA. Yeah, but well, those how, are how is this, how is this built? And again, not to sound argumentative, I was specifically talking about JRPGs. There's a lot of JRPGs, though. Later in this year, Phil. The PS2 is too important. A lot of JRPGs on the PlayStation 3. And I'm only saying that because I love PlayStation. I'm a PlayStation fanboy. My PlayStation 1 and 2 RPG collections are second to none. Uh, I absolutely love them. In fact, I'm sitting here playing, you know, I was just playing one right before the show. But when you compare my PlayStation 1 collection, my PlayStation 2 collection, and then you go to my no, PlayStation that, 3 collection, it's anemic. Because there isn't By release. comparison, you're right. Absolutely. But I think it's difficult to say that. There's not a lot of JRPGs. We're in a very weird generation for the JRPG because the majority of them are coming out on handhelds. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That's where my statement comes from, that I don't think we're going to have a lot of PlayStation 3, Xbox 360 generation type of discussions on the RPG backtrack because there's just not that many releases. Does somebody want a Lost Odyssey episode? No, not when there are so many three three out of five PlayStation 2 games we haven't <laughs> talked about yet. Let, let's, let's pace ourselves before we get to the uh, mediocre don't you Xbox guys pick 360 on... game. <laughs> I was going to say, no, don't pick on Lost Odyssey. People like that game. Yeah, yeah people like have... a lot of terrible things on our site. Oh, Honey, lot. just because you hate JRPGs doesn't mean the rest of the world hates JRPGs. Just saying. No, no. I, I, I am professional. You speak for I... everybody. I, I'm the professional hater. I will decree what is overrated junk, and the forums can suck it. <laughs> oh, I don't well, like Scott, this. you do it better than most, which is why we're glad to have you. Mm. <laughs> and I'll mostly get your back on a lot of those, Scott, but well, I think people know how I kind of feel about JRPGs overall. But with that being said, I'm just such a collector that I collect them anyways, and... Um, anywho. I keep telling Scott that there are JRPGs he should play that he'd actually have fun with, like Shadow Hearts, but no. I don't play those. I don't care. Oh, like, this, you, everything you say, it's like, yes, the plot and setting sound neat. I would like to experience that in, not without the uh, annoying bullshit in the middle. 
but the battle systems are awesome in Shadow Hearts. I've told you this many times. Um, and actually, you know, it's funny you should mention it, Sam. I'm actually, I mentioned last last show I was playing Shadow Hearts Covenant, I, and, and uh, I beat that on a new world. And actually in our uh, final lap section, I'm going to get a little detail-y about, uh, about my experience. Oh, awesome. Both of those. So, that yeah, let's let's... Let's table that conversation for just a few more minutes and get through the uh, the other blasts we have here. Come on, we don't need to talk about Trinity Souls of Zillow. It was really no. dumb. No, and we don't need to talk about Ease 1 and 2 Chronicles because there was a whole backtrack about Ease. Yeah, it's we're the same games, so let's rock. ignore those. Tactics Ogre, we had a backtrack about that. It was like the second backtrack ever made. And yeah, that's what no, 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 Sam, we did not have a backtrack on this. That episode came out no, before but, this game was remade. I know, and let me get to it. Apparently it's super awesome. I have not played it yet, but apparently it's super awesome. So we can skip it now to Radiant Historia, which Mike has played. No, no, I'm gonna talk. I'm like, I'm gonna have my three, my thirty seconds of glory here. Okay, don't no. you try to run over my tactics ogre. Oh my gosh. I want to play tactics ogre. I just haven't had time. Well, okay. Well, let me. Give Why you don't some... I just say it's awesome and then we'd be done with it? Let's say we're encouragement. <laughs> tactics. Okay. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we haven't done a show on tactics, the new one, right, Mike? I'm not, like, missing something here, am I? No, she's talking about an episode back when Mac was the host, and just an ogre battle-centered episode. They were fo- they were mostly focusing on the the Super Nintendo ogre battle and the N64 ogre battle. Um, they did talk about tactics ogre, though, if I'm not mistaken, did they not? They At least may the PlayStation have. one. I haven't listened to that episode in about three years, Sam. Let me well, go back then, and hear I, it again. I, I will. So let me just let me just say about my experience really fast. And I, you know me, I don't get super detailed, especially when it comes to plot and silly things like that. Uh, Tactics Ogre, developed by Quest, and actually Square Enix is, uh, does did the PSP version that I'm going to talk about for the most part. Uh, published out here by uh, Square Enix on the PSP. Uh, this was released on the. Um, PSP and also on the virtual console I believe not virtual console why am I saying virtual console well it is on the virtual console but that's the old version anyway it's on the PlayStation portable it may be on the PSN I don't remember it is uh, actually on PSN it's one of the only Square Enix PSP games that's on there there you go uh though I have played fancy tactics so that's on the PSN so I know for a fact that one's too there too but yeah. Um, this is a single-player tactical uh, RPG. Now, I originally had bought the PlayStation CD-ROM version because I loved Ogre Battle, and uh, and I knew this was a different game. I could just see that just by looking at the box. It looked like a Final Fantasy Tactics type of game. Um, but the problem, the problem was I started playing it, got a number of boards into it, and totally went and sold it. And and the reason being that the that the levels of the enemy seem to and, and this is my really rough memory here, so I'm sure if I'm wrong on some of these facts, somebody can call me out on it because it's been well over a decade. But it seemed like that the that the level of the enemies revolved around the level of the hero. So if the level of the supporting cast wasn't equal to the level of the hero, um, if they were less levels, uh, they became quickly ineffective at their jobs and their roles. And so in order to kind of get them leveled up, the game had this system where you could actually set up battles with your own team members against each other in the hopes of help, help of hoping to catch them up in levels and grind them up in whatever have you. The process felt tedious to me. It felt punishing. And what I thought was really ironic on the PlayStation version was that <laughs> – 
<laughs> was that there was actually an option for the AI to do all the fighting for you when you did the battle, you know, against yourself. Hilarious. So the game would actually grind up for you. So that's that's the true mark of a great game. Um, I, I don't know what everyone liked so much about about it. Honestly, I, I couldn't see it even at, you know after playing you know five or ten hours into it. I I took it and sold it or something. But but then the PSP version came out. Read the reviews. And uh, and played it myself now, and I can tell you they have totally, totally reworked uh, that system from the ground up as far as the mechanics and the leveling. Now it's kind of like Valkyria Chronicles and the fact that it's your classes that kind of level up uh, in a manner of speaking. So when your knight gains a level, basically anybody else who's a knight is a knight of that level. But the characters individually earn points that are spent on uh, the uh, individual um, abilities and uh, kind of like uh, the abilities you would see in like Final Fantasy Tactics where you would purchase uh, with JPs, you would purchase... Um, uh, abilities it's it's kind of similar to that um and it feels a lot more balanced and a lot more fun as a result so um just having a great time with that on my psp and like i said i'm not gonna spend a lot of time talking about the uh, little systems but uh yes sam if you're gonna play please 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 play the psp version or the playstation network version in my opinion that's, uh, that's from, the one i have so yeah that's okay. just uh you know the virtual console version i'm imagining is based off of the old game which is in my opinion not a ton of fun though there are well, i was gonna say the um the one on the playstation Network is just the psp one so they didn't put the uh the original psx version it's not yeah. on there so yeah um we're safe <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying there's probably there might be if there's a virtual console version on here. Wiki says there is, and that I'm just warning people. Yeah, who, that's probably on what we. Yeah, that's probably the original, you okay. know, SNES version, and which is what also came out on the PlayStation One. And so, um, I mean, like I said, there are some people who live and die and absolutely love the original uh, Tactics Ogre, but uh, the one uh, the one on the PSP, which is Tactics Ogre's Let Us Clean Together, in my opinion. Is, is vastly superior. So yes, go out, go out and play. So you can cling to an ogre. Hey, cling to an ogre. <laughs> so you can hug them really, really tight. Ogres uh, um, just need hugs. Yeah. It just, it has an entirely different... Doesn't flavor. anyone... Re- oh wait, those were trolls in earnest, scared, stupid. Yes. Yeah. Same principle, though. There you go. So yeah, totally a uh, different gaming style than Ogre Battle, but uh, the new one on the PSP, I'm having a a metric ton of fun with, uh, unlike the PlayStation one that I wanted to sell. So, all right, so that's all we're going to talk about that one. What was the other game we Yay, wanted to talk? Yay, Radiant Historia. Radiant Historia. Now that's uh, that's a DS game, I believe. Yeah. And now remember- the last DS games released by Atlas, no less. And wasn't that the one that they released it and and but they didn't make a whole lot of them and they sold out quickly and the price went up on eBay and then they re-released it or am I thinking another DSRPG? That's the one. You're right. Or are we talking that's, about every Atlas game? We talk about and that's that Atlas knows how to train me. Atlas is one of the few, you know, brands I will not hesitate and buy their games new just because of that issue. And I bought Radiant Historia new. I didn't have time to play and I knew it, but I didn't want to take that chance. And sure enough the prices, you know, shot up, but in an unusual move uh, yeah, they just reprinted it. Yeah, when, yet it wasn't enough. Still, that they're getting better at reprinting things now. Radiant History was developed uh, and published by Atlas, and this was released in North America on February twenty second, twenty eleven. A single player RPG experience coming to you on one beautiful, teeny tiny, and yet very expensive at times Nintendo DS game cartridge. And um, uh, let's let's see who wants to talk a little bit about Radiant Historia. I guess it falls to me since I got the review copy and, and did the first review on the side of it. And this was a fascinating lesson for me. I, 
I don't know if anyone else has experienced this, but when you get review copies of DS games, which mm-hmm. most of our listeners will never experience in the slightest, they somehow suck the battery out of the DS much faster than the usual game. So I had to recharge this thing constantly. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't have that problem with Dokapon. It just sucked. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> now the game itself. The game itself is a lot of fun. I won't get into the story too much. It involves someone who's older than the typical JRPG lead. He's he's actually so, so a veteran. Right, the ripe old age of seventeen. Uh, actually, I think he's more like thirty. Oh, oh, higher. <laughs> oh, that's decrepit. I know, and yet he's your lead. Can you imagine all the JRPG fanatics over in Japan being asked to put their heads in the shoes of some guy who actually has experience at his job for years at it? And pubes and everything. I'm scared right now. This guy doesn't talk a whole lot. He's a no-nonsense type guy. He's a good lead. I liked him. Your plot involves, well, there's a time travel element. You quickly gain the ability to go back to a variety of junctures along. There are two main timelines. You learn abilities in one timeline that will help you break through along another. And I'm not going to go into that too much, mostly because I don't remember a whole lot of it right now. But it was very effective at making me see even the endings. And there are a lot of fake-out endings along the way where, oh, crap – that person who is vital to the progress of the world civilization, uh, she's dead now. This is what happened after that. Humanity killed itself off in a series of fraternal wars. And then you get to go back to your last save. You're causing a time paradox. <laughs> um, let's see, combat. Combat is fun in this. You see the enemies, you can... And then the actual battles are a little different from anything I've, ever, I've actually seen before. You have the ability to stack your character's turns instead of having them come up separated by enemies. You can pile all of your turns into one juncture. And the, you might be wondering, why the hell would I want to do that? That lets the enemies wail on me for a little while. Well, the reason is your, your characters can push the enemies. There's a 3x3 three three grid on the field. And if you push the enemies, they'll stack into each other in a dog pile. And as long as you keep that up, as long as the enemies don't have a chance to rearrange themselves, you can get them all into one pile and hit them all with one attack. And doing that actually nets you better benefits, so it's fun, and it's rewarding. Why not do it? Um, I think I took something like 60 hours to do it. I don't play games particularly quickly, but there's also quite a bit to this game. And I enjoyed pretty much all of it. I also want to say that Yoko Shimomura, like usual, did a great soundtrack. A whole lot of really memorable pieces in there. And it busts out some challenge when it needs to. The bosses will make you pay attention. And the final boss actually killed me the first time, even though my levels were somewhere in the 70s. Wow. It whipped out some petrify thing that I wasn't prepared for. I came in better prepared the next Darn time. Darn petrifications. That's that kind of yeah, – that's always one of my, my little you know, growly growls against JRPGs. But it's like, oh, you fight this guy, he wipes you all out with petrification. Now you know 
that you got to equip anti-petrification stuff. But once you're in the battle, you're not allowed to equip crap. So even that wasn't as bad as it could have been because it wasn't a petrify all. He petrified them one by one, and I was stupid enough not to promptly oh, get and promptly take it yeah out. unpetrify them. Yeah, yeah. It's not too bad if they're just doing them like one at a time, and you can keep using items. It's a you know, but it is irritating if it's like a group petrification. And I've had that happen with boss fights, and suddenly they whip that out, and the next thing you know, two to three people, your people are stoned, and not the I've been drinking liquor all night stoned, unfortunately. <laughs> and um, and you just don't get enough economy of actions to be able to catch up, and next thing you know, you all are dead. And now you think, oh, well, now I'm going to equip all those anti-petrification objects that absolutely do nothing else in any other battle in the game, but here <laughs> it's a lifesaver, yeah. Yep. But um, but that game, I, uh, you know, I, I highly historian. recommend tracking it down. Yeah, absolutely. Got a it got an eighty five uh, percent on Metacritic, one of the uh, highest uh, reviewing um, RPGs on the DS overall. It's a really really fun game. And as uh, I think Scott mentioned earlier, or Sam, uh, unfortunately, the second printing uh, did not. <laughs> You know, it wasn't enough uh, because uh, if you try to find those uh, puppies brand new, um, I'm seeing them going for about uh, sixty uh, plus dollars, uh, sixty on up. Which, you know, you could, you know, sixty dollars is a price you'll pay for some crappy PlayStation Three games nowadays. You know, I mean, of course, you can find some really good ones too, but uh, sixty bucks isn't too too bad. But uh, yeah, that's the lowest price I can find sixty plus shipping. And a lot of them are going for 70 to 75 plus shipping. So um, got to get on top of that if you want your copy of Radiant Story. But I was very thankful. I had bought – like I said, I had bought my new Atlas Knows How to Trade Me, and they do that limited thing all the time. So um, I almost always pre-order you know, Atlas RPGs, and um, and I got that one for I think for 40 bucks tops. And usually come with a CD or something too on top of that. I probably have a CD for that one. Um, and then yeah, the, the the price just went up through the roof. At one point, it was up to eighty five or so dollars, ninety dollars. And then I heard about the second printing. I looked it up on eBay, and at the time it was eighty five, ninety bucks. Came down for a little bit with the second printing, but obviously it's gone back up again. So. And I just uh, have to hope that I don't need to acquire it again because I had a review copy. I had to send it back. Yeah, that's true. You have to send the reviews back. Uh, they uh, usually. The, yeah, there's a there's one active auction going on now that still has three days left, and it's already up to fifty dollars. So, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's it's probably worth it. You know, if nothing else, you can you can buy it on eBay. Try have a good time with it, and if uh, if you need your money back, just put it back on eBay. It'll probably be worth a few bucks more uh, by the time you beat it and decide to sell it again. So, um, yeah, good times. Anybody else have anything to say before we move on? Nope. All righty. We're going to take another musical uh, break, and we'll be right back to wrap this all up with the final lap.
And we have returned. This is the final lap where we read your comments and just discuss what we're doing and all kinds of other kitchen sink stuff. Because that's what we do. So last episode, we talked about GameCube games. Bacon, Bacon, Kitos, or whatever have you. Yeah. Strawberry Egg says that she was a bigger dwarf than usual in that episode. I love Cassandra. She's she's the one who normally after the show she's sending me all the cool links for music uh, for the show. So if Sandra's on a if Cassandra's on a show, a lot of times the music uh, selection's been picked by her. Um, some of you have asked me sometimes. I'll occasionally get the you know message. Where did you find that music? It's really cool. Um, I usually just go to YouTube, type in the name of one or two of the games that we are talking about, uh, the, the ones on the the, the the primary segment, the main main event. And I just look up on YouTube, and I use the audio recording software I have to basically rip the <laughs> rip the music off. But there's lots and lots of soundtracks on YouTube. It's really awesome. Um, if you're at work or you're at home and you're just wanting to put some music on, you know, it's you just go to YouTube and type in the game, and you can usually find lots and not only just the you know sound ripped from the game, but a lot of times you'll find lots of other orchestral music and stuff like that uh, versions of those guys. So. Uh, let's see here. Shaman asks, is it bad that Byton Kaidos drove Monosoth to creating Disaster Day of Crisis? Uh, also, did anyone have time or patience to complete Pac-Man side quests in Origins? Whoa, there's a Pac-Man side quest? Seriously? There's, there's always a Pac-Man side quest. Capcom put it out, right? Oh. Namco. Namco did. Yeah. Um, if it's Namco, there is always Pac-Man. He is there, waiting. Wow, I guess so. I hear tell of 147 different Magnus required to finish it and wouldn't mind a war story. Well, you're not going to get 147 different Magnus war story from me because I've never been a fan of of doing you know the 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 collect 100 million things in a JRPG in order to unlock a weapon or a side thing. I mean, for that, I'll just go and boot up Pac-Man on the limited edition on PlayStation 3 and call it a day. Uh, that's a really fun game, by the way. You should all play it. Uh, oh, Strawberry Eggs reply back though said I did attempt it, but I was stopped by forgetting to speak to Geldablame uh, via Greythorn before he went to Tazared. I gave up that quest and on getting every Magnus and Origins right there. Yeah, see that's my whole problem with collectibles and uh, oh, especially when it's required to like unlock the cool ending of the game. I've played certain games and you know jrpgs in specific and it's like you got to find all these things and do all this and 100 percent it or you don't get the great ending and that makes me a little cranky but then i go where you got a hundred percent it to get 12 more seconds of ending cutscene. yeah it makes it all better makes right? it final better. fantasy 10 2 <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my gosh you had a hundred percent that didn't you in order to get that extra ending and which includes listening sitting and reading every text bit of text everyone has to say yeah, I've got actually that was one of the books I got the uh, the official hint guy for. That's how, that's how come I know it. I saw the hint book for like sale for five bucks. I picked it up and I was like, oh, I wonder what it is to get the good ending. I'm like, holy crap, 100 percent. Are you? Wow, no, that's not happening. I'll watch it on YouTube. It made so little difference that I haven't even bothered to watch it on YouTube. Uh, Severin um, says, "Yay, uh, Bait and Kaidos love." And finishing recording at 6 a.m. I did spend a fair amount of time doing side quests in the first game, but there were definitely points where I went, sought it, and moved on. I think I would have done that immediately for the quest if the prequel had ever came out here. I know I didn't fully finish the Constellation map in the first or Kuzman's Family Tree, although I did most of both. So, um, 
you can write your comments about this in our previous podcast at board.rpgamer.com forward slash forum, I think it is. And, uh, and, or you can just write me at jcservant at Cyberlight Comics. And uh, Mike, me, Mr. Minky is what, Albert Odyssey at hotmail.com? Or do they yep. get rid of hotmail now? Or No, nope, I still use it. <laughs> still use it, okay. I've had uh, that email address for 11 Gamer years. Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, use that. Well, we, we talk about we always do that at the end too. We mention our Facebook and our Twitter, so we have those accounts. But as far as you know, RPG backtrack stuff and getting my attention, um, I don't really pay a whole lot of attention um, to, unfortunately, to all of the RP gamer social stuff out there. That's a whole another long story. Maybe one day I'll tell it. Um, RPG backtrack number eighty nine. Our next show. If you want to start thinking about it, playing it, and getting in on the conversations, uh, it's number eighty nine. A quartet of quintet. Uh, we're going to be talking about Soul Blazer, Illusion of Gaia, uh, Terranigma, whatever the heck that Terranigma. is. Terranigma. Yeah, Terranigma and Grandstream <laughs> Saga. So lots of really cool games we're going to be talking about there. So feel free to shoot in your questions or write on our boards and all that other fun stuff. Um, Grandstream Saga is not cool. Nobody has a face in that game. It's okay. not as bad oh. as people say. Games. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Characters hmm. need to have faces. There, I said it. Oh, get out, you and your silly conspiracy. So you must not like that Rocky game the nerd talked about on ColecoVision. I, yeah. I don't think anything had a face on ColecoVision. Faces mm. are hard. Faces require would require more than eight pixels for a single object. <sighs> sure. All right. <laughs> so. Uh, let's try. Let's talk about what we're doing. Miss Sam, do anything fun, new, exciting on the side, off the side, in your spare time? What you working on? Um, nothing, because the last couple of weeks I've been dealing with a funeral. So, uh, yeah, fun. Uh, it's never fun. No, it's not. Funerals are only fun in movies where characters can go outside the normal social boundaries, and we can laugh at it. If you try to do that with a real funeral. You will either get looks of hatred, or people might start throwing things at you. But um, outside of that, um, I'm finally doing stuff for RP Gamer again. Surprise, surprise! So there will be a feature going up probably next week Yay. once I get it all sorted out, because I'm almost ready for it to go. Just got a couple things to do, and I'll be reviewing Atelier Aisha for the site. So you'll have to be looking out for that pretty soon. I'm only about four hours into that though, and I can definitely say it's. If you like the Atelier games, you'll, you'll definitely like this one. Oh, does, the, does, the, does the change in localizers make a difference yet? No, because Nisa localized it. It's just Koei published it. Okay. So nothing different. <laughs> nothing different for the most part. Your uh, trophies are all in Japanese. Oh, no, I found out they patched that last night. Okay. <laughs> I, I got that message this morning. When I was playing, um, and other than that, I've actually been playing a lot of non-RPGs because, for some what? reason, apparently, yeah, <laughs> I've been playing Assassin's Creed Two, and I played Spec Ops: The Line, and I really like Spec Ops: The Line. That was actually really good, and I've been reading a lot of books, particularly about etiquette and espionage. And if you know where that's from, you get a cookie. I'm good. <laughs> Next I'm person. Only oatmeal raisin. No. Never. Yeah, oh, Sounds like oh. Sam's got the cookies to pass out. 
Glad to hear uh, Taylor's doing pretty good so far because, uh, as I mentioned, I think before I started recording, uh, I got a message from Amazon that it's on its way. I must have pre-ordered it in a moment of weakness, so I hope it's good because they got my credit card money already. <laughs> I'm sure uh, you'll be fine. I'm sure I will be, Scott. Well, uh, I've got a stack of stuff that has to go through proofing for the site that you can look forward to over the next couple of weeks. Ooh, uh, expect, any hints? expect some news and some Rage at Fallout 3. No, because that's always fun. And me um, actually sitting down and putting a little money where my mouth is and outlining how I would hack uh, a couple of different games to be better than uh, the Margaret Weiss Productions versions of the games they put out. Ah, very cool. Uh, that's the fun of PC gaming. No, no, this is uh, tabletop. This is tabletop, dude. So, oh, uh, tabletop. For, for uh. those who may not follow every word I read or tweet, uh, the first three Margaret Weiss production games were based on Firefly, Supernatural, and Battlestar Galactica. Mm. I'm a huge fanboy for all those shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, the games were pretty mediocre to downright disappointing in one case. Mm-hmm. So I have uh, long sort of said, you know, I could take, uh, you know, I, I could hack uh, three very, well, three games I have in mind to hack to make versions of those TV series that are much better. Hmm, cool. And for bonus points, they're all written by Robin Loss. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> well, it's only because he's the most versatile and talented game designer alive. Well, that and, you know, he's your friend. And you hang out with them a lot. Maybe that's your bias. Oh yeah, no, I'm. I, I was biased to him before we started hanging out. That I. That is true. By the way, if you ever want to see something creepy, put Robin Laws and Scott next to each other. It's like looking at the same person, especially when they're both wearing Hawaiian t-shirts. I've discovered. I've determined that he uh, does not, in fact, own any shirts that don't have collars. <sighs> yeah, you don't ever want to be in an event with those two. Hmm. But uh, otherwise, um, I have launched a new podcast on BackseatProducers.com. It is a book club, so every month we release an episode where we talk about a book we read. This month's a crappy book that nobody wants to talk about. Yeah. Oh, jeez! <laughs> we, we are very curmudgeonly on that show, so, uh, so we'll Except see me, that. I'm apparently nice <laughs> to books most of the time. Oh my god! So if you if you enjoy my uh, grumblings, there's that. But in things that make me happy, System Shock Two went up on GOG, so I'm yeah, and it is wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I totally mentioned it on the last show. I was so excited. It's uh, yeah, go GOG. And just for some hilarity, um, Scott plays the game in the basement in his man cave, and every so often you can hear him screaming, usually <laughs> because he's startled. <laughs> And then freaking I have to look spiders. downstairs to make sure he's okay. <laughs> the freaking and spider monsters every e- time. Even worse, he makes the dog upset every time he screams. <laughs> She's oh always wondering God. if he's okay. <laughs> I won't put out there, you know, I, 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 I did the whole sales pitch last show, so I won't do it again. You can go back and, and listen towards the end of the show where I, I totally pitched System Shock 2 and why it's awesome that it's on GOG and all that other fun stuff. But 
Um, you know, one thing I don't know if I mentioned or not. You know, I totally also encourage people to do this because, you know, the the now more than ever, we're voting for you know what games we really want with our dollars. We have more voting power now than we ever did before. Um, so, you know, when you go and you buy you know a game like System Shock Two, you're putting a vote down that you appreciate that GOG is working hard to bring some of these really great classics, you know, back back up. Uh, you know, with no DRM and all that other fun stuff um, that we all hate and loathe. Uh, GOG is free of all of that and bringing back these classics. So, I mean, if for no other reason, <laughs> that's a reason to plunk down 10 bucks right there. But you're also getting a very, very excellent game and system shock, too. And it's soundtrack and a radio interview with the designer. And oh, and those art. are awesome. Yeah. I mean, I bought... A lot, about a few months back, I bought the Ulta, Ultima series. I'd never really played Ultima myself. My uh, my wife has a lot. I've watched her play it. It's a paladin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I really love the uh, the GOG you know, extras, including the interview. I sat there and listened to the interview with uh, Garriott or whatever his name is, Richard Garriott, and, and that was awesome. I mean, just listening to one of the pioneers of, you know, of, of computer RPG uh, gaming and stuff and, and the thought processes and stuff is just that was worth the 10 bucks alone for me um, so yeah so you get yeah you get radio interview with this soundtracks uh, lots of avatars I don't know what a show damn full size render is it, it's a big giant piece of art of uh, show Dan alright two concept maps and a pitch document and 28 pieces of artwork so <laughs> yeah definitely go out and get that for you young people, uh, imagine Bioshock, but actually tense and doesn't, you know, go to hell after the big plot reveal. Remember, guys, Sky hates video games. I don't oh, hate yeah. video games. <laughs> ah! I just know when things aren't as good as people say they are. Oh, I like video goodness. games. Do you guys like video games? I do. <laughs> also, what are, for the record, what are these I, video games you speak of? I tease I Scott know. lovingly, by the way. I just have to deal with the fact that sometimes he's a cranky old man. Okay, and he usually just sits and makes of fun things. of me playing like, my happy little games. Like, he'll sit and make fun of me playing Aisha very soon, I'm sure. Oh, no. So, um, anything else, Mr. Scott? No, that, that's pretty much me right now. But outside of XCOM and killing all of the Jeffs and Becky's still alive. <laughs> Oh, You're yes. playing XCOM. You enjoying that, Scott? Yes, I am. And for the record, uh, the, there are a, a set of characters uh, on my squad named after RP Gamer staff. And uh, little, little Ocelot is uh, doing the most ass kicking. Yes, she you. is. There, she does that's not no die. Surprise. <laughs> no, it really isn't. But she doesn't die, which is pretty awesome. Unlike me, I've, apparently I've died a few times. Because mm. Scott doesn't love me enough to keep me alive. No, I, I put you in the super aggressive role. He doesn't oh, then... love you enough to reload a save game after you die? Sometimes no. sometimes you've gotten too far and you just gotta the situation let him go. is just too good be, other than the fact that the one guy got iced yeah, by the so, It's me and Fire Emblem, right? Kill Scott later. Kill Scott later. I love oh. you, sweetie. <laughs> um, Mr. Minky. Well, okay. I wasn't here last time. Let's see. What have I done since then? Oh, yes, I played these two things called Drakengard, which we will hear more about in the future. Drakengard? The old PlayStation 2, is that? Drakengard? I, I have that. Yes, I, it, 
if you want to kill and kill and kill and kill and kill, you will kill thousands of enemies in each one of these. Yeah. They do that. You, you get to kill and kill and kill and kill and kill and kill some more. Yes, I I remember that. I boy, it's been years. <laughs> Sounds boring. And for the record, I'm clicking around Amazon right now, and apparently it wants me to buy um, Street Sharks and the complete set of, of Street Sharks and uh, the first half of Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. Do it. That's, Don't hesitate. No, that's I'm not coming sure home. Both of those were actually terrible. Bring those pretty, home, and you'll sure be living Amazon out on the street. Lie to you. Amazon never lies. Amazon no, never it, gives it just me fudges. Gives me bad information or keeps delaying my shipment on Atomic Robo. It's okay, Scott. Amazon doesn't love me right now either. Let's see. I also played no something Sam me. knows about. Sam knows about Dragon Quest Heroes Rocket Slime. That game is awesome. I love that game. Slime puns for all. Slime cannons for others. Bestest Dragon Quest game ever. Mm, and I like Dragon hurdle. Quest for work. Hey, 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 hey. Rocket Slime's awesome. You leave it alone. I'm just saying, to call it the best Dragon Quest. You know, it it, it's back to my dra- valedictorian of summer school analogy. Scott, <laughs> if, if Pirate Slime came out, you would totally play it. Because it's pirates and slimes being ridiculous. Don't deny it. RPG, RPGs. Yes, it's not really even an pirate RPG. Assassin's Creed in pirate form. I'm not playing it. No. Three. Three was uh, after Crap. three. We're done. You broke up. I have broken up with Assassin's Creed. <laughs> that is very depressing. Let's see. Not long after we put up the Shadow Hearts episode or recorded it. My Fire Emblem Awakening review went up on the site, and I've noticed that apparently somebody is using the RPG game score of 4.5 out of 5, which I can only assume is what I gave it, but uh, that means somebody couldn't be bothered to figure out exactly where it came from. Hey, Scott, aren't you playing that game? Wait, which one? Fire Emblem Awakening? Yeah. Are you liking it? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm digging it, but I think trying to balance that next XCOM is like, no, these are two tactical games I have to think too much about. Would you say, which one would you say is more tactical? Well, I, well, I think in Fire Emblem you're allowed to make moves that are at least mildly dumb or don't really accomplish anything. Whereas Especially XCOM, if you choose casual mode. Yeah. Whereas in XCOM, if you do something, if you kind of waste a turn, uh, you you are screwed. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. The guy is dead. The rest of your team is panicking, and uh, at least one person will be out of bullets. So I'm not allowed to play XCOM, apparently. Hey, there, yeah. That's... There is an easier mode. I am eschewing it. Did they? Did they? Did they? I heard they were going to patch it, or they did they? Did they patch it to make XCOM to make it a little more forgiving? That there are more forgiving modes. I'm not really using them. As I heard somebody, because I heard somebody say, uh, I think I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about how they thought Fire Emblem was the more tactical game. So interesting. Hmm. So uh, what see. else, Mister Mickey? Well, I played an hour of Legend of Lagaya the other night, 
And then something Max sent me for review, Etrian Odyssey 4 arrived, and I've been plugging away with that lately. How's Etrian Odyssey 4? I've heard it's like the second coming of the dungeon crawler, but I don't play dungeon crawlers, so I don't know. Well, for you, Sam, it would suck for you, Sam. Your characters never speak. There's not a whole lot of dialogue. It's But for me, if you like the idea of exploring, of because it's not just dungeons. You also have to map out various areas of the world, and it feels rewarding to do that, and it gives you reasons to do it. And you can even do it on casual difficulty, so that if you get mauled by some nasty little foe that shows up, then you don't have to reload from a save and miss however long it's been since you last saved. You can just pop up fully healed magically in town. F-O-E. F-O-E. That's all I remember about that series. It doesn't surprise me, Sam. It is very much not up your alley. Yep, and I'm glad I didn't buy it yesterday and instead bought Aisha. Because Aisha, Mm. bestest game ever. I'm going to go cuddle it now. Oh, jeez. Cuddle, 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 cuddle. Anything else, Mike? (laughs) Um, that pretty much wraps up my gaming. I will say that having finally seen the version of Around the World in 80 Days that won Best Picture back in 1956, I have to say that unless you get a thrill out of seeing a famous face pop up for all of about 10 seconds and then vanish again, it's really boring. You could trim it down to two hours or less just by killing all the stupid travel footage and useless cameos that had nothing. So, so you're saying that around the world in 80 days would be better with less traveling. I am saying that. I just want that to be clear. I am saying that when you adapt a Jules Verne short story and try to make it over three hours, you better have a damn good reason to make it over three hours, and this does not have that. And you are also there's also no tension. There's no interest in what you're you're seeing, unless of course you like seeing aerial footage of some random European field below you, or random footage of a train going through tunnels, or random footage of a ship crossing an ocean somewhere. Because it's got that. And hey, it's got Frank Sinatra for all of about five seconds looking at the camera. Bye, Frank Sinatra. You didn't say anything or contribute anything to that scene. I'm glad you were here. So, no, that would not be my choice for the best picture of 1956. Not even close. I will also give a diss to A A Good Day to Die Hard because it was not good enough to warrant that title. How depressing. Unless, of course, you always long to see how Die Hard could wind up in Chernobyl. Which it shouldn't have. Hmm. But but I could talk about movies for a long time and something tells me this podcast already has a very lopsided end section. It's called Sleepy Time. It's called yes. Sleepy Time. No, it's called Shadow Hearts Time. Yay! I Shadow Hearts. Shadow Hearts good. Shadow I Hearts. Know. Oh my god, this game looks so plastic. We did so we did the yeah, Shadow Hearts um show a few I don't know, month or so ago and uh, you know, I've been uh, trying to to chip away at those guys. Um finally got through with with Covenant. 
Uh, there's a lot of side, you know, a lot, a lot of side stuff you can do in Covenant. I, I pretty much ignored it and just worked my way through the through the main story. And I was doing really, really great. I don't think I lost a single solitary uh, battle. Um, I mentioned before that I love the addition of the wheel. Is it uh, most JRPGs? You just pretty much pit, you know, hit attack, attack, heal. In um, in Shadow Hearts games, you got a little spinning wheel, which. Um, you know, it's kind of addictive because you can just hit the orange area and you're going to hit, and the orange area is pretty big and pretty easy to nail. But there's always this tiny red area taunting you, and if you hit that red area, you get like an extra 10 or 20% damage or boost or whatever have you. It's it's rarely worth it, you know, the risk, but it's just so addicting just to try to get that it's red It's so area. tempting. It's so tempting. I'm just all the time going for the red area, even though there are times where it causes me to completely miss, and what you lose out on for missing is just uh, proportionally so much more than what you would have got for hitting the red. It, it just logically, you should just go for the orange and call it a day. But it's it's just the thrill of you know trying to hit that red. I'm hoping um, you get it. What's that? It's the thrill of hoping you get it. Yeah, just for that extra ten percent damage. Um, hey, and it and it does make a difference. That's the amazing part is you hit the red, and if you hit the red three times. You know, it does make oh, a yeah. difference well, in a lot of cases. Get like an extra 10, 20 percent uh, damage on your like your buffs. You'll instead of protecting you for thirty percent, you'll protect for thirty six or occasionally forty two or something along those lines. Uh, so you know, it, it does some math there to to make it a little bit more. And there are there are is the occasion where like, damn, I need that extra you know ten hit points of healing or whatever have you. Um, so um, uh, the only thing, so I was going through it. The these as we mentioned in the show, the story's way, way, way out in left field. I, I swear they can't. I, you don't even know who the big boss is going to be, and then by the time you get to him, you're he's your best friend. I, I don't get. It. I you know it just. I I they lost me a long time ago. Um, gameplay wise, what made me kind of cranky was I got through the I got through the game just fine, like I mentioned, not a single loss, and then you get to the last bad guy, and he just kicks your asterisk, and. Um, after like four or five battles, it was just a matter of just trying to get through his first alpha attack without having to be completely in healing, you know, healing mode and stuff. And it probably didn't help that uh, in that game to unlock some of the more powerful spells, you got to, you know, find all of these little uh, spells and put them on a graph. And long story short, you got to collect crap. And I hate collecting crap. I hate going back and backtracking just to collect crap. Um, but it turns out for that last battle when you don't have the arc heal plus or whatever that last battle gets very interesting but uh after like four or five restarts i finally survived through an alpha strike without the whole party being down to like two hit points and uh it took me two hours of instead of normally i usually jrpgs i joke about them say do an attack attack heal and that game i was doing heal 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 attack heal 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 attack and uh, after two hours he finally went down so uh, I could have done without the last battle, but aside from that, and I looked up the good ending online because I wasn't going to play it again for the good ending, um, which actually is very easy to get to. Um, it is much more forgiving than X2 to get the good ending. It's just a matter of answering a question towards the end, um, which apparently I answered incorrectly. Um, <laughs> um, but um, but the gameplay was a lot of fun. Now, I'm playing, I'm playing New World. I'm about, oh gosh, seven hours into it. And I think for the most part, you all said you you like Covenant the best, but uh, and great, I'm only seven hours in, but so far I'm like a new world uh, the best. It has made me freaking Shirley is in the, the the computer room listening to me laugh. Uh, it's just, I I think it's just even further out in left field. I mean, you know, <laughs> Covenant had some you know funny moments where you know like the wrestler guy is finding a new bat 
you know, I thought some of those moments were kind of funny, but it, it also took itself, you know, a little too seriously. New World, there's no seriousness to it. The, the, the heroine is just so disproportionate, and and I, I got her. So every time, okay. She's it, got it, legs, and she knows how to use them. Got, I'm sure, you, you know, but every time she gets a new fusion form she gets a tattoo somewhere and the, and the first tattoo she starts out the game with is on her back she's an eagle okay whatever thunderbird the second one out of all the places they put they put it like right on the front of her pelvis she's like holding like she's about to have a kid through there or something and the third one's on her ass <laughs> it's just like i'm just i mean when i got the third form i'm like when are they gonna put this tattoo holy crap it's on her ass. Big old tattoo on her rear end. It, it's just, it, it just, it's so out in left field. It just cracks me up. And the scene with the little. Have you pirate, tried to rescue Al Capone from Alcatraz yet? Yeah, I've already gone through that. That okay. that that was kind of cute. And, and and you know what? The the fact that it's in America, I think it makes it a little bit more fun because you know the other games were in Europe and Asia and Japan and and I mean at least they feel earthy. And that kind of makes it more connected than a, a typical fantasy JRPG. But um, having an America where you're visiting places like the Grand Canyon and Las Vegas uh, and the such um, is kind of a different flavor and different taste. And in, in that whole, you know, uh, Chicago and Prohibition, you know, talk with Al Capone was was kind of interesting. Um, so yeah, definitely the setting and stuff. It just it just feels like more fun, but. Uh, the the little girl, the pirate, whatever her name is, the, the the pirate captain girl, and she's like interrogating the character, and he's in a barrel with these slots where she's gonna stick him with a dagger, and she's asking these questions, and you're answering them, and then it's time for the third question. She's like, apparently, I'm not getting through to you. She walks off the screen, and instead of having that little dagger in hand, she has this huge ass sword that's bigger than she is. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, that cracks me up. So I'm, I'm kind of enjoying the game uh, more for the yuckles. The combat system um, also is so far feeling, you know, more more solid uh, to me and feeling a little bit more tactical. Uh, you the know, ability like, to see what height the enemies are is really helpful. Yeah. You can set them up those heights. I remember you all telling me that. Don't worry, Phil. The third game was going to give the heights some some sort of meaning because you know, in the first couple I played, popping an enemy up to the air just didn't seem to provide you know, a whole lot of purpose other than the fact that they're in the air. But, uh, yeah, here you can set up people strategically to work with uh, certain spells. If you knock a guy into the ground and he's an air element, it does more damage. And uh, and co- doing combos using up your bars, uh, your energy bars or whatever the hell they're called, uh, is definitely providing a, a much more tactical field than the first two, which the first two, in my opinion, felt like very typical JRPGs that just slapped the spinning wheel on there. And I, I, I've said this before, the spinning wheel is really fun, but by the end of the second game, I was I was like, okay, that's out of my system. And and uh, But when I got to the third one, having more tactical, you know, uh, having you know those energy bars for your combos and you can do double moves and the bosses have them too and you're going to want to keep an eye on them kind of got that grandia flavor to it where you know risk versus reward uh of knocking an enemy while he's charging up a big move type of thing so so far i'm liking it eight hours in i'll keep working on it i don't know if i'll have it done by the next show uh but then i will i will have the shadow hearts trilogy knocked off of my very large uh backlog which i think is around 900 games so that means i'll be down like 897 <laughs> and yet Shadow Hearts is worth it. And yet Shadow Hearts somehow ended up on the top of the list. <laughs> Out of all these games I could be playing, I could be playing Dragon Age Origins or something like that. No, I'm playing Shadow Hearts, so um yeah, yeah. 
Uh, let's see. And then, yeah, on the uh, Game Boy Advance through uh, DS, actually, uh, my DS Lite, I am playing the original Fire Emblem because I mentioned this before, but I started playing Awakening. It's too awesome. I don't want to get spoiled by how awesome Awakening is. You mean the original English Fire Emblem? So, yeah, I'm playing the original English, exactly, the original English Fire Emblem. And uh, and that one's pretty cool so far, though. I, I am not... I, I, my one of my big beasts with those Fire Emblem games is that all of your characters go first, and then all the enemies go, and it's really just a matter of whether or not the enemies focus fire on one of your dudes, kills them, and then you feel like you got to reset. It, it really never gets to a point where, at least so far, it hasn't gotten to a point where I've ever felt like my uh, my entire party's in danger of being wiped out, or even more than a few care, you know, one character being wiped out. It's just that occasional moment where the AI. You know, has three or four people in striking range, and you know, hits a guy, or you missed a, um, you know, if you got a guy in front that is weak towards one of the enemy attacks, um, that usually is not enough to kill him. But uh, the, the the AI will quickly zero in on that, damage him enough, and then quickly have other guys come in and finish him off. And uh, and it's like, oh damn, <laughs> yeah. So it feels kind of like a gotcha type of thing, but. Um, but I'm going to go through it. I'm going to get through it because I started playing that game, or I started playing that game when I first got it a while back on the Game Boy, and I only got ten hours in, and I kind of stopped and lost my place. So I'm going to get through it, all the way through it because eventually I work my way back to Awakening. But it's kind of the tactical game that I'm playing um, when I'm around the house and in between things, or I'm going shopping. And you know, there's going to be a long line, time to break out some Fire Emblem. So cool. And like Scott, I'm big into pen and paper. Doing lots of Pathfinder Society. Really enjoying that. I'm going to be going to PaizoCon um, in July. From July 5th to the 7th, I'm actually running a crap load of tables there. Uh, well, one table with just a lot of slots. I'll be running five uh, Pathfinder Society games. There's going to be a room full of Pathfinder Society. I'm just one out of dozens of GMs that will be there. And uh, we'll be running a lot of Pathfinder Society. So if you're going to PaizoCon... Um, you know, shoot shoot me off an email. It'd be really cool. Maybe I get to see you. you could shake hands, say hi. Um, but uh, that'll be very fun and interesting. <sighs> and so far, I've been managing doing the venture captain thing on the same time. So balancing it all, juggling to get as much gaming as humanly possible. So we're enjoying our skulls and shackles. The 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 that's the pirate campaign by Paizo. Uh, the captain, the the uh, you know the party takes over ship, becomes pirates, and they voted on one of the the, the bard to be the pirate captain. I guess because he is most charismatic. He was also chaotic good, and I say was because it didn't take much for the peer pressure of the other pirates to quickly descend him into the the realm of evil. So they're going around plum pillaging, you know totally innocent people and putting them to the sword and stuff uh the, the the captain quickly got drunk with power and it just went straight to his head so lots of fun there if you haven't tried it out skulls and shackles it's a really fun uh pre-written uh, adventure path and it'll work if you're a fan of 3.5 uh it works just fine with 3.5 but it's uh, written in pathfinder language so to speak so cool, cool, cool lots of fun well i think that's it for us Big so, thanks. Hey, Vegeta. Are we done yet? No. 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 <laughs> oh. No, we're not done yet because we got to do our thank yous to Sam Marshmallow, Mr. Minky, and Mr. Wakamatur. 
for being on the show tonight and all of you for listening. We really do appreciate that. Um, as always, you're the reason we do this. So do us a favor. Go on to iTunes and leave us comments. Uh, RPG Backtrack is a production of RP Gamer, your source for RPG news, impressions, reviews, articles, and home to the best gaming community on the net. Write your questions and comments on our boards. Email jcservant at rpgamer.com or albertodyssey at hotmail.com and help shape our future shows. Don't forget to follow us at twitter.com slash rpgamer and become our biggest fans at facebook.com slash rpgamer. As always, listen to our previous podcast as well as our awesome sister show, RPG Cast, all at rpgamer.com. This is where I usually ask Mike to send us off, but I think he already did. My ears are still ringing. Well, if you don't know what Team Four Star is, go watch Dragon Ball Z Abridged. I do support the official product. Let's go.